This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Dan Matson with ThankYouGeorge.com and past president of the official Star Wars fan club. You're listening to Star Wars Han Direct. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com, fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Trolleys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction and guarantee. Yes, my right. Roger. All Star Wars equipment is will be a five percent discount on the purchases. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, beautiful June 14, 2005. We're tonight interviewing a very special person. We're interviewing Shane Felix. Felix? Felix? 
Jeffrey Loops. He Loops? Shane we'll Phillips. ask him. We'll, we'll <laughs> make sure. And of course, I'm joined here by my friend Danny, the producer of this show you're listening to. Hello. And Brian over there who's saying all to the, all the people in the chat room. So. You think so? You weren't chatting with the people in the chat room. Yeah. <sighs> and of course, uh, today we're gonna also going to have the pulse in our community update as usual. But right now we're going to go to Brian who's going to tell us how you can contact us. By SMS, by adding the user SMBN direct at hotmail.com. You can reach us through the main site by listening chat. And you can get us webcam on the main page, and you can get us through the news group on the main page, www.swndirect.com. So, as we fix Brian's microphone. <laughs> for a second. Talk. Better? Yeah. yeah, much better. Okay, better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. So as we fixed uh, Brian's microphone, he's going to be able to do the, uh, the rest of the show with us. Awesome. And, uh, of course, I want to warn you that uh, our delightful sound card that you cannot see on the webcam, sadly enough, you can't, right? No. Nope. I didn't. No, no, no. no it's, it's too low. Yeah. Uh, might crash during the show, but don't worry. If it happens, just come back and... Uh, We'll be back within two to five minutes. Of course, there's the um, there, there was a big raindrop today on Montreal, and there were some trouble big. with yeah, huge, <laughs> almost a deluge, and uh, there were some troubles with the line. So there might have been a little, there, there might be some lag tonight on the show. Don't worry, it should be all right in the archives. Uh, should. We go to the word of the producer. Should I do my Batman Begins credit right now? Okay, word from the producer. Basically, it's the same as last week. So, uh, if you want to help us uh, to promote the show or help us technically, send an email to studio at swendirect.com or info at swendirect.com. That's it. All right. And uh, as I was saying, uh, I was lucky enough to actually go see Batman Begins yesterday. And... Uh, Honestly, I'm very much surprised by the end result. Uh, I read the I read the script a few months back about last like, summer, like last summer. That's right, and uh, it was it's a, it's very accurate. So I'm really really happy about that. They they underused the, the character of Scarecrow in that movie. Ra's al Ghul is very well represented, and uh, the first 15 minutes will make you grind your teeth. But you'll get over it because the rest of the movie is really, really nice. And uh, by the, the first 15 minutes, there's only really two events that you're going to go, Hey, wait a second. That's not how it happened in Batman in the first place. But, you know, it's it can go over. And uh, the end of the movie is really nice because it leaves the door open for other possibilities. And it also leaves the door open to for you to go actually watch Tim Burton's first Batman and So, oh, okay. enjoy it. Awesome. So it's not a prequel, but kind of is. Not sure. Awesome. Compared to Revenge of the Sith? I'm still all the way Revenge. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to go see Batman again because it's, it's a really good movie. Okay. There you go. So, uh, Brian. Yes. Would you like to list the people in the chat for us? Okay. Sure. We have Alpha Blast, Blood Cat, Dark Jedi, Ikasra, 
Hobnoblet, Raven, Nathan, and Tiger Claw. Oh crap! Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mom. All right, stand by. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a few emails to read you before uh, we start the show because uh, we actually had a few people who came came by uh, last time around a little too late, so we couldn't read their emails. Uh, so Ben sent us an email that uh, said, I would really like to see some more of the Commander Cody in the show. I think he was really cool in the movie, but I didn't see him in action, which was a shame. And I think he would be, it would, it would tie in nicely, but... This would have to happen in the early parts because of the clones die off. I would also like to see more of how Kashyyyk becomes en- enslaved. I think that would be a nice touch. As far as Jedi's are concerned, in my opinion, the Jedi didn't put much of a fight in revenge of the Sith. I would like to see more of the Jedi being killed. Not that I'm a nasty person, just that I would like to see the last struggle of the Jedi. You can remind people who were not listening that the show was about uh, what character would you want to see in the future TV live action series? Yeah. And uh, we received an email from Brian that said, I read Mark Hamill will be the narrator of the live action TV series. This could be very cool. I'm guessing he will play the part of Luke Skywalker. Sometime after Jedi trying to piece together the history of the Jedi Order between Sith and the New Hope. As far as the series goes, I doubt that it will be about any EU characters because anyone who puts the show together will want to have a lot of creative input and not be interested in someone else, non-Lucas created characters. Hopefully the show will have a fluid format and be able to jump around between several groups of characters. There are lots of things that I'd like to see in the series, like for one, the formation of the Rebellion, since it was cut from ROTS, for two, Stormtroopers being introduced. My crazy theory is that Palpatine will destroy the cloning facility on Kamino, so no one else can have a clone army made that could be used to oppose him. The Empire will set up a new cloning facility of their own, and the Stormtroopers will be the clones they make. Wayland? Yeah. If, if you want to go... Yeah, there. but if, like he said, they, they, they don't go EU... Yeah, that's it. Wayland will never exist. That's so. right. Three, more Tarkin back history. Four, the adventures of the surviving Jedi maybe even start their adventure with them receiving Obi-Wan's warning that was sent from the Jedi Temple. Uh, Ayla Secura, she told fan at C3 that her character survives ROTS, not sure how. Maybe she is left for dead and nursed back to hell by the natives of the planet she was on. She would come back in the, in the series looking for revenge. Kind of like Yuma in Kill Bill. <laughs> I will kill Commander Cody. <laughs> I doubt Ewan would come back, but I think I read that uh, he said you will never play Obi-Wan ever again, but would be cool if they did an episode where we had a fight off a group of Tusken Raiders that were getting too close to the Lars homestead. Young Luke would never know that Obi-Wan was doing. Uh, it would just show that Obi-Wan was always keeping tabs on Luke and making sure nothing ever happens to him or his family. I refer you to Visionaries with uh, it was its old foes. I believe. Uh, things they need to leave alone. No Han Solo. Nothing good could come from this. Who would play a young Han? Would he be a pirate? I don't think they would handle him right. James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> Hans Creek. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see some young Boba Fett. Hopefully not too much. He's a bad guy in the original trilogy. And I think the, we, the more we see him, the more of a chance that is 
that they will start to make him into a good guy. No Yoda is in exile leaving Dagobah or communicating with Obi-Wan or Bell would be a chance that the Empire would find him. Basically, our enough holes in the Star Wars universe can be filled by new characters. We don't need to see young versions of the main characters. And uh, Brian was actually uh, the, the guy who uh, was waiting in line with me for Church Lucas. Ooh. Awesome. So, nice. Thank you for listening to us. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Well, starting off our news this week, we have a, a book called Vader, The Definitive Guide, and it's going to be uh, broken down. It's like, it looks like an emotional piece, but really it's not. It's going to have new art by uh, Joe Peroni, articles by fan favorites Daniel Wallace, Abel Pinnell, and even a short story Continue. by our favorite fan, uh, fan, a fan favorite, Karen Travis. Ooh, yeah. So, that's something to look forward yeah, to. Triple zero. Exactly. It's going to be a book from Karen. Yes, yes. I'm getting to that. Oh. <laughs> the, the, that Karen Travis is doing a story inside the Vader book. Oh, okay. But also, Oops. you <laughs> jumped the gun there. <laughs> Oops. The boys are back. Republic Commando Triple Zero. Oh, I, man, I just met some, something that I could have done. Damn. That's <laughs> uh, okay. So... That's what's going to be in there. You're going to have Omega Squad is going to be back. You're going to have all your favorite characters are going to be back, so you're going to have fun with it. I'm sure Sebastian's going to be all giggly after he reads it again. <laughs> exactly. Also, uh, that one. Boys are back. Boys are back. The boys are back. <laughs> Continue. Now we also have uh, ISB. ISB. .net has interviewed uh, George Lucas, so um, they asked him about, you know, Star Wars TV, how it's coming along, and George says they're ready to go on the animated series, and live action should be in a year or two, so it's getting pushed back, so we're looking at 2007, so a convention like Celebration 4 to hype up the new TV series starting isn't that far-fetched, yep. so I think that's going to happen. Um, they asked, well, um, that it's, it's mostly, he asked, well, is it going to take place, you know, it's going to take place between three and four, we know, but is there any other stuff that's going to happen? And he says, not really. George says, not really. Not in this series, but there's possibly more series after this to, you know, pick up that kind of stuff. And then he asked, is it the last Star Wars movie? He says, it's it, it's the end. It's yeah. over. Didn't see if the end for him or exactly it's it's it the end of Star Wars movie yeah. and he says even is there another possibly of another director taking up Star Wars and he says no it's the end it's over so that's it and also uh, another in the kind of the TV vein uh, Lucas in News USA Today hints that maybe Daniel Logan would be playing reprising his role as young Boba Fett in uh, the TV series. So that should be interesting to see. Um, moving on into comic books. Um, we have new comic books uh, uh, coming in September. Uh, Star Wars Empire 37. We'll get uh, 
the return of Lieutenant Jenik Sumber, who was the lead character in uh, To the Last Man in Empire number 16 and 18. So he's going to come back. We also have X-Wing Rogue Leader number one of three. We have Star Wars Republic number 81. And this is the first one after. Um, it's part of a three-story three arc, and it reveals the battle that was not shown in the film at Kashyyyk. So um, that'll be interesting to see. And then we get the uh, Star Wars Comic Companion trade paperback. And this is the uh, definitive guide to Star Wars comics, complete with in-depth coverage all the way through Episode 3. So we're going to get all the kinds of history. It's going to be kind of like an, an essential guide just for the comic books. I can't wait for that. And it's coming on October 5th, okay. 2005. Mark your calendar, Danny. October? <laughs> I basically have my calendar in front of me. <laughs> also, some very October 5th. 5th. Okay. Also, some very exciting news for those who play miniatures and who are going to Gen Con. Get your rebel troops together. Get a good cohesive team. Because wizards, they're bringing the ATT. Ooh. And you're going to be fighting against them at Gen Con. Against the 8080? Yes. That's scary. Very scary. But you know what's It's awesome. going to be like an entire, an entire troop of, of like, uh, rebel, rebel troopers. Yep. Against one. No, no, no. And they're going to be ATSTs and snow speeders. No, no super no speakers. Snow troopers with the ATAT. And um, any ATATs that manage to be de- defeated get randomly given away to participating wow. rebel players. The people three months in advance. The guy who shoots down the ATAT goes back home with it. No, 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 no. no. Get some dental floss. You <laughs> might get one. Okay. So that it, it's still amazing. I think they're giving away like three or four. And this is from uh, Rob Watkins at Wizards. They, and, they and should actually give one away to everyone who dares to go up against those. No, no, no. But the official uh, date of release of it's the November. Ad, uh, November. So this is, if you win this, you're like, you're a true god. Or you're, you're, you're a true god. <laughs> you're a god. No false gods here. <laughs> so that's it. Okay, it's my turn. Quick radio news, uh, radio and audio news. Uh, we got two new radio shows coming up. Uh, we got Rony Zone Radio from our friend Jeff Rony. So it's a radio show about Star Wars and, and about non-Star Wars subjects. So it's pretty much like Star Wars and Beyond with guests and everything. And soon to be released will be a new radio show called Star Wars FM. No, it's not on, on, on FM radio, <laughs> but it's, it's called that. It's by Matthew and Benjamin Lowen, and with, will mostly feature reviews on Star Wars item subject. There we go. Uh, also, the sixth episode of the parody, There's No Hope, has just been released. Be sure to check out the continuing adventure of Lube, Sky Stalker, and Dark Vapor. 
uh, also Force Flow Unlimited under the direction of Joe Arison just released the first chapter of a new audio drama series named Conquest of the Empire the synopsis of that is the emperor is growing more powerful by the day but his thirst for power and control are still strong henceforth Palpatine sent his apprentice Darth Vader to begin a conquest on, of of non-imperial control system beginning with the peaceful rank sector located just outside the expansion region but unbeknownst to the empire this sector is under the protection of the rising rebel alliance so you can check all fan audio news and update at starwarsfanworks.com So let's see how many things I can do all at once here. Um, I'm going to start by uh, talking about the few upcoming events. Uh, of course, we've got uh, Governor Tar- Tarkin will be um, will be at the London Film and Comic Con Festival, and by uh, Tarkin, we're talking about Wayne Pigram here. Uh, it's going to take place June 20, 25th and the 26th in Earl's Court, and uh, we shall click on the link above for more information, and the link above is, of course, www.londonfilmandcomiccon.com. Uh, Toronto Symphony Orchestra Star Wars concert will be happening on uh, June 28th and June 29th. It is still unknown to us if there is any place left, although we ultimately doubt it. The concert? The concert in Toronto. Uh, C-3PO, Boba Fett, Chewie, and Luminara will be at a, sup- at a super mega show uh, the Super Mega Show and Festival is about comic toys, rock and roll, TV, and movies. And uh, all these guests will be appearing uh, at, a sh- at, the, at a Super Mega Show, which takes place July 9th and 10th in Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh, of course, you can go to www.supermegashow.com for more information. Uh, we uh, here in Montreal are having a special Bat Movie Night Oh yeah. on Wednesday. That's tomorrow at 6.30. We're going to be under the stairs of the Paramount. So if you happen to be in Montreal and want to go see Batman Begins, which is a very good movie, uh, just uh, drop by the uh, the Paramount underneath the stairs leading to the main entrance. Uh, right. Come early. Right facing right facing uh, the, uh, Valentine. The, Val- the Valentine restaurant. And uh, basically arrive around 5-ish, so you're sure not to miss the crowd, and you're sure to stay in line with us and other, and other fans, and other bad fans. How many uh, screens? I have no clue. I think it's opening in, a, in at least four screens or something. Something like that, and it's got IMAX also playing. Yeah. So maybe three normal and then one IMAX. Okay. And, that's, and still, Batman, as grand as it is, I wouldn't recommend to go see it in IMAX, because it's too much of a dark movie. Okay. So, and dark movies never come out that way. Too bad it's not playing digital. Yeah, well, that's because Star Wars raped them. <laughs> we should have all digital theaters. Yes. We're not, uh, up, we're, we're not up to that yet. 
But it really is what Eventually. we should all have. And uh, we've got words back from Con Carolina that happened uh, last weekend, two weeks ago, like we, last weekend. Was it last weekend? We're weekly, Brian. Now we're weekly, Brian. Now. Yeah, that's it. And uh, Con Carolina uh, ended uh, after having carried on from Friday to Sunday. It was basically um, Nathan Butler that was there all the way, and uh, he would have posted uh, really, really. Uh, Every day, but he couldn't, sadly enough. Uh, Con Carolina, in his uh, basic words, it was basically, and I'm spent, <laughs> quoting Austin Powers. But basically, Con Carolina 2005 was a lot more hectic than Con Carolina 2004, mainly because uh, they were doing so much more. Uh, with his story in Star Wars Tales, uh, he was having such, a st- such and such a lot of fun, uh, and he was on both fandom and writing tracks, so he was very, very busy. Uh, this was made all the more hectic by it also being the weekend of, of uh, his one-year anniversary with his fiancée. Needless to say, it was busy, busy, busy. We don't want any more details. <laughs> uh, they, they were really involved in panels and organizing like That's it, orga- games. Uh, organization of the convention yeah. itself. Brian's choking on his call. Breathe, boy. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you can cough if it will s- actually no, don't cough. Kill yourself. <laughs> All for Star Wars. Uh he had a great and truly enjoyable time and you can actually go read his review of the convention at blogs.starwars.com, which I'm also going to mention you can stop by and check out our blog which I will eventually start Writing something. Writing into. <laughs> and I want to say something, and if Paul actually listens to me, stop, Brian, stop messing around with my plie. I've actually posted this this week's announcement about the interview of Four Revelations, and the picture that you can see right next to the text is one of a blue Twi'lek, right? I actually clicked on the one right next to it, which is something that looks like Calcutarn in the game in the Star Wars Galaxy game or something like that. And when I published it, the Bluetooth that came by, like, what the heck? That's not what I said. I want to switch. I want. I told you, it's your new curse. I want to drop the LS Secure curse. I want to drop drop the the LS Secure thing. So I went back, I edited it, and I clicked on the image again, and again, it was the blue Twi'lek. So it's it's a new curse. After the 1138 curse is the LS curse. He's gonna follow me around everywhere now. So yeah. Right. So was I. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, Concept uh, will be coming back in Montreal sometime in fall. Uh, dates are yet to be announced. Um, however, we got words from the organization, and uh, there is a very small but still ch- little chance that we will go there. The way the convention is being run this year is kind of weird and a little bit disappointing since they're kind of splitting the crowds. So we'll have to consider and give you more news about this on the upcoming Star Wars on Direct. So, this pretty much concludes the community update. And now, we're going to go into a short sponsor break and we'll be coming back forget to, get in some, to get into some revelations about revelations. That's it. And that's what Shane Felix 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 Oops. See you back.
every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction. Yes, right. Roger, roger. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by your team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Vision's on my own now. Are your troops ready? Yes, my lady. The artifact is the priority. Do you have it? It's not his to give. It's mine. And Taryn Anwar? I leave that to you. I want some answers. I really don't care what you want. Ready my ship. Restore the Jedi Order. But she lied to me. Look how far you strayed from the Jedi path. She used me. I know what I've done. Welcome back to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And Danny, uh, Danny is going to look at me, and I'm going to look at Brian, and Brian's going to tell us who's in the chat right now. I am. Blood Cat, Dark Jedi, Edna, Kasra, Hobnoblet, Raven, Nathan, and Tigerclaw. There you go. So we got all 12, all 12 of you and a bunch of other people listening to this broadcast right now in the, into the archives. And uh, thank you for joining us to, today because we got somebody really special uh, with us. It's Leonard other than uh, Shen Felux of uh, Star Wars Revelation. Hi, Shane. How are you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? 
pretty good yourself. Good, very good. All right, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go straight into the uh, the interview. Uh, basically, you're the director and the actor of uh, new Star Wars fan film reference of uh, Star Wars fan film making, and uh, basically it's over 40 minutes. It's called Revelations. It's it has proven that independent, low budget motion pictures are not that far out of reach, and we're glad to welcome you on the show. And first and foremost, we have to ask you to describe us what was your first Star Wars experience. Oh, I mean, it's, it's pretty classic, just your typical when, you know, when I was about six, the uh, first time I, I had seen it. And it, it, it was absolutely just mind-blowing, as it was for, for so many people, in terms that it opened up a, a whole world of imagination as a child. And I still kind of, uh, as most fans do, and it affected a, a lot of walks of life, still bear that experience uh, from that first time and it influenced me uh, to want to be a filmmaker and to, to go to college and pursue acting and directing. And so it's always been a, a dream as most fans all can relate to. Right. All right. And how about yourself? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your life, your career? How did you become involved in uh, movie making and how did the Revelation Project came about? I, I grew up as a, a poor sharecropper. And uh, no, um, actually, I, <laughs> I uh, I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas. I'm born and raised Texan. Um, I've my first acting job. I was uh, about eight, and I've done the gamut from my career from outdoor theater all the way up to feature films. Um, I have uh, my degree in acting and directing, in which I went to Southwest Texas State, mm-hmm. uh, probably the worst football team in Texas. <laughs> And then uh, when I graduated college, I sold everything that I owned and moved to New York and worked there as doing nine to five, paying the bills. I lived in Brooklyn and um, was also doing stage and theater. I was just a working actor. And uh, I met my wife and then moved to Virginia, where I currently reside now. I have two children. I have a a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, Pretty busy. Uh, very busy, very busy. As a matter of fact, my my oldest was, you know, when I was shooting Revelations, he, you know, he he's three now. I mean, he was one when I started the movie. <laughs> my wife was pregnant with our second child right about the end of production for Revelations. So on top of having a nine-to-five job and going home and, you know, paying bills and mortgage and kids and wife and, and do a movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting and busy life. It, it was uh, it was never a dull moment, that's for sure. <laughs> so, how did you build up your cast, crew, extras, and creative team? Uh, I mean, even your your wife had a big role in Revelations. Mm-hmm. And my wife, Dawn Cowings, who is the the writer, producer, and costume designer for Revelations. Um, we started off very small, actually. I mean, Dawn and I had always been talking. You know, we're, we're both uh, huge lovers of, of film and movies and uh, obviously Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking for years about making a film. And uh, we've been watching fan films for a very long time, uh, from you know, Troops, which really blazed the way in terms of, of fan film making for Star Wars. Really uh, interested me and opened my eyes uh, to it, it is possible for a low-budget film to do something. I thought it was remarkable. And then when Duality came out, which was a pure green screen mm-hmm. uh, production, which was phenomenal of its, of its time, I was incredibly impressed. I said, that's it. That's it. We're doing this. So, <laughs> uh, based on what I've seen, I think we can, we can do something very similar, if not larger. Um, with my experience working in the industry, I knew how I wanted to run production and how mm-hmm. I didn't want to run production. 
Yeah. And my experience has been most directors don't know anybody past their DP. And <laughs> I never understood that because if I don't have extras or grips or gaffers or, you know, these, these people, I don't have a movie. So these people are very important. Mm-hmm. But it was a, a very large challenge to coordinate the, the, as many people in Revelations. We had roughly about 200 people involved in making Revelations from around the world. So we started off small, and strategically, I did a very large shoot first, right off the bat, which mm-hmm. was the the quarry, the prison quarry scene. Yeah, and that was about uh, I want to say 50 people on location. That's great. You had the advantage of knowing the craft. If you compare to most of the fans, who basically, okay, I want to do a fan film. How how do I do it? Basically, so that's that's a great advantage for you. Yeah, I mean, we're still amateurs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Revelations is our first film. Uh, So it was a lot of um, learning as you go and, you know, kind of baptism by fire. Mm -hmm. But if somebody wants to take it, depends on what type of production you want to do. Do you want to just shoot your friends in their bathrobes and their sneakers in your backyard with a home video camera and have fun? If so, that's great. You know, make film, do it as much as you possibly can. Or if you want to make a a large production on a professional scale, uh, it's a totally different um, uh, strategy that you have to do in terms of it's it's about management of people and resources, and it, it goes into a lot when you do a very large production. Cool. The um, one of the, the 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 many things, as you mentioned earlier, your wife had a big role into it. Uh, she she almost played the the same role as George, Rick, and Trisha played for for Star Wars. <laughs> And uh, you happen to be uh, almost like George because you were directing the movie, but you also you also made it as an actor into Revelations. How did you manage both sides of the camera? I didn't want to, first of all. Um, I, <laughs> I did not want to act and direct because it is a it, it's a bitch to do both. To be blunt, um, my wife who and uh, Sarah Jaworski, who's the co-writer of Revelations, they had my wife had written Cade with me already in mind. I mean, uh, he's an angry jerk, so basically <laughs> stereotype typecasting and casting, casting couch work really great. But she just saw, she wrote me in mind when she wrote the character. Then when it came time to actually casting, um, I cast people that I knew, my friends, um, you know, and acquaintances, that sort of thing, because I can't get professional actors to work for free to shoot with me for two years uh, or get, you know, in a year into production with a professional actor, and then they're going to ditch on me because they have a paying gig, because paying gigs are going to come first before some low-budget, no-pay Star Wars fan film. Yeah, of course. So who the people you contact? Your friends. And so I tried to find uh, friends of mine that I knew who had, you know, at least a decent presence, had some experience, and who I felt could really pull the job off. When it came to casting for Cade, I couldn't find anybody. So Don just said, well, look, we wrote him with you in mind. Why don't you just, you know, play him? And I went, well, he's not a principal character. He's more of a, you know, a secondary. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. Shouldn't be too difficult. But... It really is. I wish that um, I could have spent my entire focus behind the camera. But when you're making an independent film like this, you really can't because everybody's wearing so many different hats. I'm the executive producer. I'm the director. I'm the actor. And I'm, I'm the prop builder, set builder, and costume. <laughs> you, know, I, you, you wear so many hats that you can't focus on one job uh, because you know, typically you have a production crew. Uh, our production crew is me, Don. Uh, Sarah, uh, Jack Foley, my DP, mm-hmm. and that's about it. 
that's cool. But it shows that you you had experience in acting, and that's my take on it. Oh well, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, some people like other characters, some people don't. It's all a matter of taste. But you know, hopefully, I did a, a convincing job, and people enjoy. Um, what, you know, what, the performance I did with mm-hmm. Kate—it was—it was—it um, was basically me, just uh, the other side. Okay. All right. Uh, Revelation is something that really uh, gives us another step into fan filmmaking, because mainly of the special effects that are so well done. I mean, they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people uh, worked on these special effects, and how did you manage the post-production? You mentioned around 200 people. And from what I could saw in the movie, there's at least 50 actors. So considering all the gaffers and all that, maybe 75 people for the shoot, 125 people for post-production. Is that accurate or somewhat accurate? No, actually, uh, for post-production, it was eight, uh, eight. in terms of effects. <laughs> <laughs> and four of them actually doing the work. The other four... Doing uh, coffee? Little no, no <laughs> right? No, doing little bits of this and that as they could, as real life would uh, allow them to. Because you have to understand, again, these are volunteers. Nobody's—they're not getting paid. And my effects team is from around the world. So there's uh, Zap in Sweden. There's Adam Benton in the UK. There's uh, see uh, Dub in Arkansas. There's different Mustafa in Boston. There's Ian in Seattle. Um, um, Ron, he's in the United States. Uh, then we have Australia uh, and Lithuania. Odris, my map painter. So they're like from all over the place, and everything was coordinated online. Now turnover-wise, was very large. I probably went through about 30 artists uh, wow. in terms of the effects of post-production side, where uh, somebody would come on and then they would just die or fade away. And it's, <laughs> very, it's very common yeah. with with effects artists and CG artists. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> uh, the really cool ships uh, and all of the designs that we see in Revelations, are they almost all original creations? They are. They are. The principal ships of Revelations are our own unique creations. Uh, most of them were done by Adam Benton of uh, the UK. He did the uh, Janus ship, uh, the uh, the Corvus, the mm-hmm. one that folds, the wings fold up in the, the prison planet. He did the Exigence, which was our take on a, um, like a, a, a carrier, mm-hmm. high fighters, the one that blows up in the, uh, the shipyard. Mm-hmm. And he also did you know, the De- Declan ship, the Cougar. Um, Terran ship, which is the, the one that you see in the beginning, was actually a concept sketch that I had drawn out very badly. <laughs> that I wanted it to look like a, a very formula racer. It was supposed to be sleek and sexy and fast. And I gave it over to the, the you know, CG artist, um, Mark Wood at the time, uh, and he banged out a, a three-dimensional version of my concept, and then eventually it started to change, and eventually uh, Elaine, uh, who's in Canada, a brilliant modeler, uh, picked it up and refined it and finished it out, and then uh, that was what was used through most of the, through all the movie. Cool. Great. Um, in the movie, there's many space pursuits, but there's one in particular that... Uh, stands out, and it's actually the best anyone here around here has seen in any Star Wars fan film ever. Uh, how do you direct a scene like that, especially with people from all over the world? We know George Lucas has the uh, little uh, post-it slash big boards of uh, pre-production and uh, all the uh, the little drawings he does, but 
how, how did you do that? Did you add a lot of input into it, or is it all up to, was it all up to the uh, the effects? Uh, One of the great unique things about working for Post Effects and Revelations is, A, I collected a whole bunch of guys from around the world, and then I coordinated them in an online forum that I had created for Post Effects. And then I would coordinate with these guys each and every day. Tasks were then divvied out to each artist who I felt fit best with that task and the skill set that they had and their availability. Then direction was given to them in what was needed in their particular task. Um, let's take, for example, the, the shipyard chase, mm-hmm. uh, where the, the TIE fighters are chasing the cougar through the shipyard and, you know, with all the stuff blows up and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, that was done by one artist. Wow. So I would give him direction uh, online and sometimes even a phone call to really explain what I wanted to see in this particular scene. Uh, then the artist would go and create an animatic mm-hmm. based on what the direction that I have given him. Now, a lot of times, I would allow the artist to own a piece of the scene for them. That keeps them interested. That keeps also creates a synergy within the group mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to macro, micromanage people. I want them to feel that Revelations is not just my movie. It's also theirs. There's a piece of everybody who worked on this film in that film, not just my film. So I would say I would, you know, in a shot like the, the Shipyard Chase, my most important things was point A, point B, point C, and point D, I don't really care what happens in the middle of those. Show me what you got, and then we'll talk about it. So a lot of times I would hand over some control to the artist so that way they can be uh, artistically challenged and also put in their own vision or own feedback into a shot. And then when they submitted that to me, then I would, we would make changes or notes, or if I'd say that's perfect, don't change it or whatever, until eventually we got something that uh, we both approved of, and then from there we would go into final shots. Yes, but the final product is incredible. The, the chase is wow. The chase was it almost didn't get into the film. Um, oh. It was going to get cut. I had already gone through three artists who were supposed to do that shot, and then a year later, it's still not done. Two years later, it's still not done. By the third year, when the premiere is coming up, I was like, well, I guess there just won't be a shipyard chase. They'll just jump to hyperspace and the end. Uh, but my, my TD, uh, from Mustafa, um, said, you know, don't cut it. L- let me take a shot. I think I can do it. And he saved my butt in terms of remarkable time. He did the automatic in a week, and he did that whole shot in two weeks' time, basically single-handedly. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. The, the guy was on balls. I can assure you that. <laughs> uh, one of the other great aspects of Revelations is that it's it's – original score was inspired by John Williams, but it's not entirely, and for for matter, matter of fact, it's not any of John Williams' score. Uh, what can you tell us about the music of Revelations, and how did you meet with the composer Chris Bouchard? Chris Bouchard, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm so impressed with uh, this, this guy's talents. I really think he is the one of the next and up-and-coming um, cinematic composers. He is a delight to work with. He really understands emotion in terms of, of visuals with music. Mm-hmm. And he, he has a lot of great influences in composers that I like. Uh, Danny Elfman, obviously Williams, mm-hmm. uh, Zimmerman. I mean, he, has a, he, he understands and kind of appreciates the same type of uh, feeling of film that I like. Um, when we approach the, 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 the score of Revelations, Revelations is set in Star Wars, but we have our own original characters. We have our own original story idea. So the idea, I wanted you to feel like you are in the Star Wars universe, 
but it's still revelations. There's mm-hmm. unique. I'm not retelling a story, you know, a story that's already been told before, mm-hmm. or showing you characters that have already been shown before. I'm trying to give you something you, new, uh, unique, and different. And I wanted the same thing with the music. I didn't want to just take off, take Williams' music and rip it off. Um, we've gone through all this effort to try and make things original. I think we should also allow the, the composer to show his original work too. And it was a real. Um, a difficult choice in terms of the opening of the film. Do we use Williams' score opening, or do we do our own original? And eventually it got down to the point where it's like, look, it seems kind of silly to just use Williams in the beginning and then all the rest of our stuff. It should be all or nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans, you know, don't like that. Because with the opening of Star Wars, you're expecting a very certain sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have a full, full orchestrated, uh, you know, piece. We're, we're using... Uh, you know, our composer is using synths, and he did a remarkable job in giving an orchestrated sound mm-hmm. without spending the big money of having an orchestra. Um, so I, I'm real. I, there, there's parts in, in the music that I am absolutely amazed by, and the way he got the job is that he he emailed me and said, "Are you looking for a composer?" And originally, I had one at the time. I said, "Yeah, but it's not really kind of working out." I said, "I tell you what, I'll send you." Uh, a little segment of the film, and you score to it, and then show me what you got. And I, I gave him a really difficult piece because it's all just incidental. And he, mm-hmm. he he got it back to me in a weekend, and it was wow. <laughs> it was mind blowing what he did within just two days. And I said, you, you got the job. <laughs> <laughs> From then on, we would work. Uh, you know, he's across the Atlantic. We would work via email and, and phone call conversations. Uh, dealing with uh, the music and then coordinating with a score within 328 Studios, who's in Kentucky, who's doing the sound design and engineering. Nice. All right. Uh, when you were doing Revelations, did you have in mind a portfolio piece for a possible future job at a major company, a.k.a. Lucasfilm, uh, as you mentioned in the interview on TV a few months, uh, well, a few weeks ago, or uh, were you just doing it for the fun of it? For the fun of it, first of all, I mean, for the first and foremost, we were fans. We, we love film. We, you know, filmmakers. We like to tell stories. And Star Wars has always been a dream to to play in that back backyard, to live that experience. I mean, gosh, there's so many people that you know, just as kids and even as adults, you're like, boy, I'd give anything, give my life, not just to be in Star Wars, you know, that type of thing. And we had the opp- that opportunity to do that. So first of all, when we started this project. The idea was to have fun, involve as many artists as we possibly could. I really wanted to, uh, you know, showcase as many, because there's a lot of talented people out there that just won't get discovered, simply because they, they don't have the opportunity or nobody's going to see them. I really wanted them to, to spotlight people and, hey, and show the industry, look what, you know, the, the little guy can do. And then, sure, also to show what, what we could do to the industry in terms of, uh, you know, here's a bunch of nobodies putting something together. And, and hopefully it could be a, a, a portfolio or, you know, a resume in terms of, you know, furthering my career as a filmmaker. But I'm not holding my breath on it. I mean, if something comes of it, wonderful. If nothing comes of it, hey, oh, well, we gave it one hell of a ride. And we made a Star Wars film. Nothing can take that away. And I'll always remember that. I made a lot of great friends and contacts by making this movie. And to me, that's reward enough. I mean, I hope I can continue on, but if not, I don't have to live with regret of saying what if. Yeah, you did a great movie anyway, so that's it. just the sat- satisfaction of having made, uh, having raised the bar for fan film is, is like great. 
Well, I, I hope so. I mean, if it inspires other people to, you know, they can look at Revelation and say, hey, if those guys can do it, I can do it. And they, they sure can. I mean, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, and, and if it inspires other people to go on and make film and continue and maybe raise the bar of independent filmmaking or fan films, that's wonderful. That's, I mean, that's, that's, I'm, I'm honored, but, you know, I, I think there are a lot of uh, talented uh, people out there, and it's just going to get better and better. All right. And uh, your movie being just a little over 40 minutes, uh, do you think that uh, Lucasfilm would ever consider you for a TV show, or is it something that you'd like to go for? Oh, sure. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, he'd <laughs> probably get both nuts for that one. <laughs> Well, and, at, yeah, least, yeah, at least not, nobody's beating on my door writing me blank checks, or you know, and I'm not holding my breath for anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just a just you know nobody. I'm a little guy who just made a film, and uh, I'm, we're very proud of what we've done. I mean, I would I think I could offer uh, something very unique, and since we're doing this TV show between episode three and four, which I'm pretty familiar with, that we could we could you know bring something to the table and to the production and. We're fans and, and that sort of stuff, and I just hope they don't they don't lose uh, sight of what fans want or what fans want to see, and they'll bring in somebody uh, you know in terms of writing, in terms of directing, and even producing this thing. That they'll they'll bear that in mind, and, it, and it's something that's that's really hot and enjoyable to watch. But I, I don't I don't expect a call, and for some reason Lucas doesn't return my call. So you know. <laughs> well, going back a little bit on our last show, what would you like to see as as the Star Wars TV series? What would I like to see? Yeah. I mean, I love the whole idea of, well, I mean, since the close of, of uh, Episode 3, and I'm just going to assume all your listeners have seen it or whatever. That, the Jedi Temple, you know, the Jedi are now being hunted. They're they're being eradicated. And that, that makes for some very dark um, storylines. It makes mm-hmm. for some great action, too. Because Obi-Wan and Yoda went back to the temple to shut off the signal that tells everybody, go run, go run and hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's telling us that there's got to be somebody still out there. Otherwise, why would they even bother if it's just Obi-Wan and Yoda that, and you know, are the only, and Anakin are the only ones that were left mm-hmm. who are, you know, can use the Force and are Jedi? No, there's other people out there. And you could do a lot of spinoffs and stories of, mm-hmm. you know, the Empire, uh, you know, hunting down these, these last remnants, and you know, leading up to Episode 4, in which there's really nobody left. It can, it can create a lot of, uh, I think, really great drama and a lot of action. Yeah. All Jedi were not, like, fighting the Clone Wars when Order 66 was... Uh, right. Yeah, so was given, that's right. right. So, throughout the shooting of Revelations, and after... And during post-production and after releasing the movie, did you encounter any problems with Lucasfilm? No, no. I mean, you have to understand, Lucasfilm supports uh, this genre of Star Wars fan films. And we were very fortunate uh, as fans and as, you know, wannabe filmmakers to be allowed to play in his sandbox. I mean, it's a great honor because most studios do not. Um, but Revelations is no way sanctioned, approved, or in any way associated with Lucasfilm. As far as they're concerned, we probably don't even exist. Um, because, for and, and I've even said it publicly before, Revelations does not belong to me. If Lucasfilm wants our story or our characters or our ships or whatever, they're theirs. I mean, I just have the, I just made the film. I had the privilege of playing with their product and their universe. If they want them or you know if they feel threatened by them. I'll sign over anything legally that makes it theirs, because as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't belong to me anyway. It belongs to Lucasfilm. 
Unfortunately, you, you had to pay for it. <laughs> oh, yes, unfortunately, I did have to pay <laughs> handsomely, yeah. That's it. Please send us a grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money was always, uh, you know, kind of, it was, was very difficult with, uh, with the film. I'm still paying for it. Oh. I mean, I, the budget for Revelations was zero, but it cost me a little under 20K to make. Ouch. But, yeah, but you have to understand, like, a quarter of the cost was the camera. I spent about, what, $4,500 to five grand on the camera and all accessories. Okay. What kind of camera was it? There's a Canon XL1S. Okay, yeah, okay. And that makes then sense. I had to buy a new, another, uh, new computer and then an, a hard drive and another hard drive and another hard drive <laughs> and a hard drive. I mean, there's about a terabyte holding revelations because of all the work that goes into it. Now, uh, you know, every animatic, every work in progress, every shot I, I have to archive and keep. Um, so it got it got very heavy, and of course it, got, it gets expensive for buying hard drives and and then food to feed 160 people uh, can be expensive. Oh, and then yeah. insurance. Um, the, the film has you know like a two million dollar policy to protect everybody on the film and protect the film itself. Mm-hmm. So I pay for insurance, I, I pay for liability, I pay for uh, you know all the costumes to costume 160 people. Uh, can get expensive. I mean, just the the prison quarry that has, I think, I don't know, I want to say like 25 to 30 extras. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to buy, you know, goggles for 30 people. Well, let's say a goggle is five dollars mm-hmm. each. That's what 150 dollars just spent on goggles. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's just the goggles, and then all the other pieces and stuff. You can easily spend about, you know, a grand on one shot just on costumes. At least you had the 501st for the armor. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. 501st absolutely rocks. I'm a, a member of uh, Garrison Tyrannus here in uh, Northern Virginia myself. Okay. They're uh, are great guys. They do a lot of great charity, and they're, they're great to drink with and have a good time with. <laughs> they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, we saw that uh, at Celebration 3. <laughs> there you go. Um, with Revelations taking place between Episode 3 and Episode 4, uh, were there boundaries that you didn't want to cross just in case Revenge of the Sith would contradict your vision of your movie? No, not really. I mean, we don't know what the, what the writing is going to be of you know Episode 3, but obviously because we're large fans, we do a lot of extended universe reading, um, and if you, you can connect the dots, I mean, you know, kind of, you've got a vague idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know that the Jedi are, you know, are going to be purged. You know that Anakin is, you know, going to become Darth Vader. So you just kind of can connect the dots in terms of the way you think the story would go. Mm-hmm. And then as a fan, uh, trying to stick with canon, because we, we really did try to do that as much as possible. And I think we stayed very true uh, to, to the already established extended universe and Star Wars universe. Um, that we weren't really too concerned about. Well, even if we're totally wrong, uh, it's a standalone. You know, it's a stand. It's our own. It's our own vision. It's our own movie. But we got. You know, I, I, I think it fits in really well. After, yeah. After episode three, it's like, hey, it still works. That's pretty cool. Actually, the only thing that could like make it wrong it would be the TV series. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and then again, That's and it. then again. Yeah, well, we don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Be scared. Be like afraid. Said, if they want, if they want our story or ideas or characters, or whatever, it's, they can have it and do whatever they want with it. They probably, if they want, they probably won't ask you. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy is way too successful. <laughs> well, with a fan film like Revelations, would it be a good guess that you're an expanded universe fan? Yes. Okay. What are your favorite books? 
Uh, I really like the the Young Jedi series, actually. Um, I also like uh, the the Solo uh, Adventures. Um, I'm not a big uh, AC Crispin fan. Um, mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn was uh, okay in some. Um, Stackpole actually could write some uh, some good books. Um, and that's about it for I got for now. Did you read the Revenge of the Novelization? Yes, I did, and that thing was really good. I mean, yeah. it was really well written. Most of you know, uh, there was there was more depth and more uh, character development and understanding of the story uh, in the novelization, and that's pretty typical and true, mm-hmm. you know, for no- novelization versus a film. But I thought the the author did a really excellent job with this book. I really enjoyed it. I read it before I watched the movie. Yeah. Me too, and I think my experience was like enhanced yeah. by having read the, the novelization. Yeah, me too. I was expecting there were some shots where, you know, I've read the book and then I watched the shot in the film. I was like, oh, man, I could have done that a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> you know. uh, it would have cost you a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, in terms of episode three, I mean... What do you what do you, what do you all take on it? I mean, I I was extremely impressed in terms oh, of yeah. uh, the detail and the effects were just jaw dropping. I yeah. was really just tore the roof off in terms of detail. Yeah. And I I like the story. I mean, there's still people bitching, you know, obviously the writing, the the acting, you know. But I'm like, I don't I don't see anything really wrong with it. What are you people expecting? Mm-hmm. Um, It's Star Wars, and, and this is no different than what you've seen, uh, you know, come Episode Four. But you know, the only difference is you were probably six or whatever the first time you saw it. So I, it. I don't know what uh, what people's gripes are on it. I mean, obviously it's not Oscar-winning or you know anything like that, but it's, it's still a good story. Don't jinx it. We wanted to win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen, guys. You no, know that. No. Well, probably for special effects. Well, maybe yes. Yeah, special effects, okay. Music, maybe. And yes. You know, uh, costuming, absolutely. Uh, you know, those are sort of things. But Lucas will never win. Sci-fi films do not win those type of awards. The Academy does not like it. But but they bent over for the fantasy movies. Yeah. So maybe one day. Right. <laughs> uh, you were talking about. Uh, we were talking about reading earlier. Uh, did, did you read any reviews of Revelations? Oh God, yes. I, I read them all the time. I mean. Uh, I've I've read from you're the greatest thing and should take Lucas's job and you're brilliant genius to you should kill yourself and die in a ditch for subjecting us to watching your horrible crappy film. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've read both sides of it. I mean, you know, some of them just just coldheartedly just rip your heart out and make you want to. Uh, how can people say that Revelation is total crap? I know, I know, no. I don't know. I, I, but there are a lot of people who do. And you, you have to understand, though, that's, yeah. that is just what f- film is. I, yeah. I don't care who you are. You're Lucas, mm-hmm. Spielberg, Coppola, Scorsese. There'll be people who hate your movie, you know, um, even though you are big and famous or whatever. There are still people who hate Matrix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no pleasing everybody. And you just have to develop a thick skin. And, you know, it, it, let's see, out of three million people who have downloaded the movie now, And maybe 50 people say they absolutely hate it. That's a pretty good ratio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can live with it. But it still stinks. It really hurts. And it hurts me because the biggest gripe that I hear is that the acting isn't that good. And I, it really hurts me when I hear that because I'm like, is it that bad? I mean, maybe no. I'm too close <laughs> to it. I mean, I can't see it. Uh, when I watch, you know, Revenge of the Sith, I say, I don't see any difference in this performance other than 
the, the beautiful costumes, the big money, the gorgeous sets, mm-hmm. those stunning effects, but you, you know, and, and the, the big name stars. But you strip all that away, and it's like, what, you know, what's the difference? I guess, um, I guess I should take it in terms of a compliment, really, because people aren't comparing, it seems, Revelations to a fan film. They're like pitting me up against Revenge of the Sith, which mm-hmm. is a $114 million film. That's it. Compared to my twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> so I guess it's kind of a compliment, but it, it, you know, it still stings. People look at Revelation and they look at the production value, so they expect, you know, twentieth century Fox, Lucasfilm, ILM, Skywalker mm-hmm. Sound, and it's like no, it's Shane in his basement with his friends. It's still a fan <laughs> film, guys. It's still an amateur film, and so you know, it hurts to know that because I'm very proud of my cast. I've never seen anybody with so much devotion, dedication on this project. I mean, Gina Hernandez, who played Taryn, uh, you know, she had like a blood transfusion and would come, uh, and I kid you not, and come shoot with me the very next day. Wow. Um, she had a, a sprained wrist and is fighting at 4 in the morning in a cave that's 57 degrees for three days. Um, she, she gave everything and more. And they live in New Jersey, which is a five-hour drive to come to Northern Virginia and shoot with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Hernandez, who played Declan, um, he's, my, you know, he's, he's been a huge supporter, and they always they would, he would come help me work on the set. They they would help donate costumes, props, anything that we ever needed. They were there. Um, now Holland wow. Gedney, who played Roe, um, really grew in this film. She got very strong. A lot of this is everybody. This is their first film. This, most of them don't have any camera experience whatsoever. So it's like, what do you expect? I mean, based on all the fan films and even independents that I've seen. Um, I'm like, I, I think it's pretty good, but that's me. I'm, I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the acting was great because I don't remember like another fan film. You know, it shows that y- you had training. Most of the cast had training. The the only other fan film I think we could actually compare yours to, uh, and it's not even really fair, uh, would be uh, Night Quest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, even there, I mean, like the special effects were not that good, and the acting wasn't that good. But it was the first 26 movie, tw- 26 minutes long movie, and people went gaga over it, and oh, it's like really good fans. I don't know. It and broken allegiance. Mm-hmm. And broken, broken allegiance. That's it. That's the movie. Uh, yeah, sorry. You're talking about. Yeah, that's it. So it was it was quite something. Yeah. So I mean, to go back to your question, yeah, I, I've seen and read. Uh, many reviews. I, I, you know, I go to lots and lots of forums and read what people are saying because, you know, we'll want to know what do people think of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, my film is only as strong as my weakest link, and that weak link can affect the entire film. Um, for an independent film, for a low-cost budget, for uh, basically just a bunch of nobodies and amateurs getting together and making a film, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what we've accomplished and what we've done. Um, I've talked to a lot of other people who, you know, or even, you know, at a higher caliber than me, and it's like, what did their first film look like? Big bag of crap, usually. And so, because you learn a lot as you as you shoot and as you get, you get better and better and better. So I know every ugly hair and mole in Revelations. I could point out every flaw in the whole film. So most of the things that people say, I mean, it's like, it's, it's not a surprise to me. Um, I already know about it, and even worse, I'm my worst critic, and... Uh, If anything, Revelation hurts me in a way because it doesn't represent uh, my full potential. I know I can do better. I know uh, 
this isn't the best that we possibly can do. So I want to, you know, do it again and prove to myself, you know, I can do better. If not, I'll quit, whatever. <laughs> um, of course, I'm sure you know the uh, official Star Wars fan film awards. Yeah, I was there at Celebration 3. It was really cool. And, of course, you know about their their policies about fan films. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to see them change change them so that fan films like Revelations could be included in this, in this uh, Lucasfilm recognized competition? Not really. I mean, it's not going to happen, guys. I mean, first of all, because of uh, legality issues. Um, what you can do a spoof, a documentary, mockumentary, you know, comedy stuff like that, and an intellectual property is not you know is not protected by those. You could actually sell and make money off of a Star Wars spoof, like Hardware Wars or mm-hmm. you know, Spaceballs or, you know, whatever. But you, if you try to do a serious extended universe film, no. That, that's a big no-no, as a matter of fact. Uh, and so their, their issue is that if they try to open the, up something like that, it's, it's them almost endorsing or authorizing the use of Star Wars as their product. I mean, yeah, they say we really support Star Wars fan films and that sort of thing, just as long as you don't make any money. But you understand there are people out there who will try to make a dime off of their product. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think it's just that's just scum who tries to do it. But that's the world and that's the way it is. So there's no way in which they're going to open up and allow serious films and that sort of stuff under the endorsement of, of Lucasfilms. Because what will happen is this TV show comes out or whatever, and, you know, somebody will go, hey, that's, that's my idea, that's my story, I'm suing you. And then they get whole legality issues. So it's best for them just to say, nope, we'll just keep it only to books, documentaries, mockumentaries, short films, and, you know, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I, I don't feel any grief about, you know, oh, Revelations isn't in the Star Wars fan film or whatever. That wasn't my goal. I mean, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm fine with their policy, and I totally see where they're coming from. Okay. Uh, what is your take on the future of filmmaking and fan filmmaking? Uh, with all the new technologies being more accessible to the everyday user, it's very exciting. I mean, it's 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 huge. I mean, just think about it. I mean, I started shooting Revelations three years ago. Now, if I if I was to do it again, I could shoot on on high def. I could get an HD camera affordable. You spend four grand for an HD camera. The the technology is getting faster and better and cheaper for consumers. And so, and, and computers processing power. Uh, just in terms of space, I mean, you can get a 300 gig hard drive easy for very little money. So software, uh, 3D applications, uh, editing, sound, anything that you would need to do uh, a, a very high-end production is affordable now for the consumer. That's exciting because what that means is your average person who has a dream or a vision to make a film or whatever, if they've got the, the balls big enough to pursue it, uh, they can and if, without, you know, you know, really breaking the bank too badly. Because before, the only way, it was only open to a very elite circle who had a lot of money, studios, Hollywood, that sort of thing. So now what you're going to see are more uh, more talent coming out, younger visions, um, more films, more movies, uh, which means more selection for audiences. They're not all going to be great, but uh, I, I think it's a great, uh, great time. And the digital age is here more and more. Film is going to get, uh, you know, less expensive to shoot. It's not going to put Hollywood out of business, but it's going to allow amateurs to possibly, you know, make film and even maybe make a working living at it. That, that's awesome. And with the Internet, it's a brand new medium to 
Yeah. You know, this But the internet, I mean, yeah. just like a podcasting and that That's sort of it. stuff, the internet opens up a whole realm of even distribution. Before, you'd have to go to the studios or, you know, overseas for distribution. You could use the internet alone as distribution. Mm -hmm. I mean, Revelations is a perfect example. We've hit over three million people in, you know, a month and a half's time. Wow. Um, <laughs> that, that's a huge audience. In, in terms, you know, Netflix, you could, you could put your independent film on Netflix, which is, you know, people can then order your movie. They can ship it to them. There's no cost, really, to you. Uh, DVDs and DVD burners and stuff like that are very affordable. You could easily do your own distribution and selling your DVDs and, you know, shipping them and that sort of thing from your own home uh, to around the world and very affordably these days. So, yeah, I mean, the Internet and, and technology and everything, it's, it's really, really very exciting. That's, that's really cool because you will have a lot more talent coming out, basically. Yeah, I mean, with the Internet alone, the pool of resources and talent you could hit is, is, is well, it's is global. So as long as you pursue it and go out there, you could find a lot of people uh, who normally you wouldn't, just, you wouldn't know about or wouldn't be able to find or learn about or resources and that sort of stuff are at your fingertips from a PC that's sitting in your basement or your garage or your home or wherever it is that you are. You can network and connect with these people from around the world and make a film. That's kind of cool. All right. What do you think is in, uh, is in store for uh, fan films in the future? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think that they're going to get stronger and better um, because fandom is even, the, you know, episode three is it's the end of Star Wars, you know, in terms of the movies and that sort of stuff. Fandom is not going to go away. Um, it, it will always be there. People love that story and that idea. And fandom uh, is kind of the, the lifeblood of that particular, of a product like that. And so as long as the fans enjoy telling their own stories and, you know, pushing the envelope and seeing what they can do, um, I think that fan films will get more and more sophisticated. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna learn more and more every time that somebody else does a film. Or, and they're all talking to each other, and they're all sharing their, their knowledge and their resources. Um, that just, it'll, it'll further advance. Uh, hopefully, you know, future films will just get better and better. So uh, I think, you know, give it five years, you're going to see, you know, high def uh, easily, uh, if not sooner, high def, you know, fan films on a, you know, beautiful resolution. Okay. Um, you mentioned us comments about Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Do you have any comments about the rest of the prequels? I enjoy, um, like, episode one and two. I mean, I've heard lots and lots of grumbles and stuff like, hey, they're just absolutely terrible. I mean... Yeah, they're not as I didn't enjoy them as much as say you know Empire Strikes Back or you know New Hope, but I still enjoy them because for what they are, I, I love the pod racing. I thought that was awesome. I love Darth Maul. It's an awesome character and it's a great action bit. And you know the clones and the wars and the battles and everything. It's exciting stuff. I I enjoy the movie for what they are. I don't strip them down. I don't uh, overanalyze them. I, I don't overcriticize them. I mean, I can, if I go to a movie and it entertains me and I enjoy it, you know, I may not love everything about it. But I don't just dismiss it just because, like, ooh, Greedo shot first. The whole thing sucks. I don't. I'm not like that. Um, I, I I like. So I've enjoyed all of them. I mean, like, Revenge of the, Return of the Jedi is not one of my you know more particular favorite films. Uh, Empire Strikes Back to me is the the, the most uh, in depth, uh, very dark and compelling one. But Kirchner, I, I love that director and. 
Uh, I really enjoyed what he did with the story and the characters. So, no, I, I enjoy all of them, just more than 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 some others. Okay, and um, we're actually looking at the chat right now to see if there's any uh, people who have questions in the chat. There's not. Everybody's like, "F him, he sucks." <laughs> actually, we have a few questions in the chat. Uh, but right before we go there, uh, I have to ask you: You did Revelations. Uh, you have uh, pan- is it Panic's Truck or Panic's Truck? Panic's Truck. Panic's Truck Production. Huh? Uh, what's in store for Panic's Truck Production? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, I am starting to work on our next script and treatment, which will be an original sci-fi film, larger than Revelations, a full feature length. And um, the more people that I talk to, and I've talked to some studios, and, you know, nothing big. But, you know, the more and more I talk to studios and, and friends and other contacts, I'm just like, you know what, to hell with them. I'm going to do this on my own the same way I did Revelations because, you know, it's not like anybody's jumping up going, you guys have the right idea. Here's the money. Go do it. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to care or love your baby as much as you do. And the only way that you can ever get anything done, I feel, is if you go and do it yourself. And and that's what I do best is that I, I just get up off my ass and I go do it. And so I think that we're – looking to pursue our next project um, on an independent level, uh, similar to Revelations, but on a much larger scale. See if we can even do it better than we did last time. The only thing that's holding me back is, uh, you know, financing. I can't afford to finance this film like I did Revelations. No way. Uh, but, ooh, you know, whatever. If not, uh, you know, uh, I'll pay my mortgage. I'll go to my 9-to-5 job. I'll, I'll uh, get to see my kids more and play with them and, Kiss my wife and hopefully enjoy life and, you know, look back at Revelations and laugh and say, hey, I did that. Well, you know, at least I did something. You should be proud. (laughs) You should be very proud. And I think that people like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese should found, like, the uh, American uh, Foundation for Independent Films and just grant people like you money. So you'd be able to do uh, movies like you did, like you did uh, this time around. You'd be surprised what those guys do. They actually do a lot of charity um, uh, that's very quiet. And uh, particularly Lucas is a very quiet, reserved guy. Um, he he does a lot of things that you just don't know about. Um, so he he does do a lot of charities and that sort of stuff. But you know, I don't know about you know grants and that sort of stuff. But they, you know, I, I definitely think you should you know support. Independent film, and because George Lucas is the champion of independent film, I yeah. mean, absolutely. And to me, he's my inspiration in terms of he did it. Why can't I? So. That's it. And it's also the same reason for which you know, you were there once, George. Why not support that community now? I don't so, know. You know. I don't know. I mean, because think about it. I mean, how many people are out there? Uh, everybody thinks their film is the greatest. Everybody thinks their script is genius. You know, I don't I have You know, nobody really goes. I suck, and you know, my script. <laughs> um, there's lots of talented, you know, people and not so talented people out there who really, you know, some people who just have no clue and they shouldn't be in it or whatever, but they still have to live their dream. And kudos to them. But think about how many people he would be inundated, or, or those all these type of people, even you know, in Hollywood, it's very exclusive um, <clears throat> because. Of, and I don't know why. Why does everybody want to make film? This is the most painful thing in the world. It's, it's <laughs> labor. I don't know. You know, not that I can have job labor, but I've you know gone through it with my wife. But why does everybody want to be a filmmaker or an actor or a director? Or whatever. God, it is painful. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. That's why we we just do a radio show. 
Yeah. You, know, you know that visual, you just have to do some editing and that's it. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll go do, I'll go do uh, radio shows now. That's yeah. <laughs> or maybe a, an audio drama is it's the same kind of editing for sound, but you don't have the images. It's yeah. a, you just have to adapt the script. But the visuals aren't there, so. Yeah. Sometimes that's what makes a difference, and especially in a fan film like Revelations. Yeah. So, um, quick, really, really little question from the chat, uh, Brian. Oh, is there going to be a Revelations 2? Uh, no, no, there will <laughs> not be a Revelations 2. I can't afford it. <laughs> and if, if you could? If I could afford it, sure. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> You're really starting to sound like George Lucas. <laughs> I could afford it. Um, which I can't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. The, the thing is, I can't make any money off of it. So, you know, I'm going to spend three years away from my, you know, working my ass off. And it, really, I mean, ulcers and, you know, the best diet I've ever been on is making a movie. It's like nicotine, caffeine, and stress. They're the best diet. <laughs> Box. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that throw some money at me and I'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, just for our information, how many interviews have you been doing until now for Revelations? We know you've done ours. Yeah. We know you've been on TV. I think it was NBC. All right. Uh, uh, I'll roll through it. CNN, CBS, MSNBC, TBC, USA Today, LA Times, New York Post, um, a couple, a couple other podcasts, a few radios, um, G4 Tech TV, uh, Attack of the Show. Um, Basically everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's silly. I mean, it's 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 really great. I mean, again, I've heard people you know accuse me of, or, or I don't know. It, it's um, it's weird. I don't know if it's jealousy or envy or just you know some people don't like to see other people succeed or I don't know. But you know, accusing me of like the producers of Revelations are whoring themselves out or you know buying you know, uh, you know media attention to their movies. Like I haven't done anything whatsoever. It's not like I call anybody and say, "Hey, you should interview me." Did I call you guys and tell me to nope. you know to do the show? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> Same thing with anybody else. I didn't call CNN. I didn't call CBS. I didn't, I didn't contact anybody. Um, they contacted me, and it's because of, of Revelations. It's not just you know a fan film. The story really is about the little guy standing up and doing something big. A lot of people can relate to that. That's that's the, not I want to say the underdog, but it's the dream of so many people. I mean, you're just taking a film, for example. But, I mean, if you could, for if you had the opportunity to live your childhood dream or whatever it is, and it's affordable now and, you know, the skill sits there, and if I gave you the opportunity, would you guys take it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, what what do you got to lose? And that's what really the story is. It's like, look what these guys have done with so little, so, you know, with nothing, with you know, hardly any experience, and that's, and it's created a, a wildfire on the internet. I mean, three million downloads in a month and a half, two months time is is pretty phenomenal um, for an independent nobody. Uh, out of Northern Virginia, made a film out of his basement. So that's what the the media and the story is about. And it's also about the revolution of of the digital age of mm-hmm. Independent filmmaking. Okay, we have a uh, question from the chat. The uh, Marty Juan wants to know about no, the, I'm not the, gay. Right. the jib arm. <laughs> about the what? The jib arm. How did you get it? The jib arm. Okay. I bartered. Uh, I was talking about the 30-foot uh, jib that I used in the, in the quarry. Um, that was provided by Bird's Eye View Jibs, and I basically just cold-called them and said, um, you guys don't have a website. Uh, I tell you what, I need an operator, and I'd like to borrow your 30-foot jib 
for a one-day shoot. In exchange, I'll build you uh, a, a pro-image website. And they said, uh, that sounds great. So I did a lot of that in the film, a bartering, in terms of, you know, I'll trade you service for service. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I'll promote your product by, you know, driving traffic to you or, or stuff like that from our website. And, you know, I, I work with people uh, in terms of negotiating like that a lot. And so that's how I got the jib. Nice. <laughs> Good marketing skills there. <laughs> it, it, again, my mantra is you don't ask, you don't get. There you go. And really, what do you got to lose? The worst thing asking. to do is cuss you out or say no. And if they say no, then don't go up. Go to somebody else until they say yes. That's it. Or just keep on harassing them until they say no. Yes. Don't harass them. When they say no, they mean no. But, you know, you just say, hey, um, I, you know, I appreciate that. Can you refer me to somebody who might be interested in this? And, and usually they're, you know, if you're professional, if you're courteous, courteous goes a long way. And, um, you know, act like you know what you're doing and you're organized, then people respect that. And usually they'll say, you know, I have a buddy who, who's just starting out or whatever who might be interested in this, and he'll refer you to him. You know, and then I call them up and I say, hey, Sebastian referred me over to you. He said, and immediately go, oh, well, he knows Sebastian. Sebastian's a great guy, so he must be a great guy too. <laughs> and I don't even know Sebastian from Adam, but, but it works. If you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brian? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we don't have any more questions in chat. Uh, uh, no, I was really burning it up there. Cool. <laughs> uh, so. Like one, my mom. Yes, mom, I. <laughs> <laughs> you had two. It's pretty good. <laughs> I had another question, but I edited oh. it out. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, my girlfriend is not in the film, neither is my wife. She's uh, behind the scenes. Okay. They're both behind the scene. Yeah, well, there's there's questions before, like one uh, the kissing scene between myself and Ro. A lot of people, oh, is that your girlfriend? Oh, is that your wife? No, no, it's not. It's just a friend. <laughs> it's acting, people. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, not real people. It's it's just like Aiden Christensen kissing Natalie Portman. Right. How do you like it? What do you think? <laughs> so there you go. Neither is the spaceship or light speed travel or anything. It's all a movie. Uh, it is. Damn, you just like pop my bubble. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for the Star Wars on direct liner. Uh, I believe Danny sent it to you by email. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, basically, it's just saying the, hi. The promo liner. The promo liner. It's basically just saying hi. This is Shane Felix, and uh, your director of uh, the Star Wars fan film Revelations, and you're listening to Star Wars on direct. Oh, oh, on direct. Okay. Yeah. So, you'll go when you're ready. Hi, this is Shane Felix, director of Star Wars Revelations, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. That's that's perfect for me. That's it. That's what you got? Exactly. Whoa. That's right. Oh, <laughs> you speak a little French. So, now, now we're going to ask you to do it in French. Bonjour. Je suis Shane Felix pour le Revelations dans le Transvance. How was Uncle... Off. <laughs> <laughs> you even add you, you even have the, the European French accent yes, which you don't have. <laughs> well, we're gonna let you go to sleep in a few moments. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with us, Shane. It was a real pleasure and honor to have you with us on the show today. Thanks guys, I really appreciate your support. Uh, of course we invite everybody to go check out their website uh, which is http. Uh, comma slash slash panic struck 
pro.com uh, slash revelation. You can just stop by their actual website, which is panicstruckpro.com. And, uh, of course, for the people in the chat, I've put it, put it there at the beginning and just now. So and You uh, get a bunch of downloads. You can download the, the soundtrack, the movie, making of, even a file for burning on DVD. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the, ISO. Image, the, yeah, ISO. the ISO image file. So, so uh, drop by the website. It's, it, it really looks good, and it's really professional. Here you go. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. No problem. Bye. 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 All right. Nice guy. Okay. Well, that was Shane Felux for Star Wars Revelations, giving us the inside bits of Revelations, a.k.a. Revelations on Revelations. And uh, it was nice. It was really nice. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And this actually concludes today's show. This is so odd. <laughs> the next show will be on Tuesday. No, that's not true. The next show will be... Yeah, I've, I Send them to me pr prior. Next show will be on Tuesday, June 21st. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be Star Wars on Direct number 43. Uh, right now we're actually going to be talking about uh, Revelations. We can give our reviews... And uh, they might actually be delayed to June 28. Uh, should do we have? Do we announce it? Do we say something? Or? No, I'm gonna. We're keeping it under the, under yeah. the radar. Check out the webpage for more information about the next show's subject. Or the cool. It's gonna very, be very very cool. You're gonna hear someone you haven't heard in a long time on Star Wars uh, audio radios. I think. I hope. I don't remember. He was on anything. Radio. That's it. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't on the radio. He was. He was on Russia. I don't remember. Yeah, probably wrote. Yeah. But it's, it's special. Star Wars on direct. That's right. <laughs> and there's a special announcement. Anyhow, so if you have any comments on the show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. To be a partner or sponsor, send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Feel free to bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures, etc., etc. Please, talk about us. You can also visit the blog.starwars.com slash swb. Unfortunately, uh, we cannot give comments yet. So maybe just go to the Galactic Senate or on our thread or just send us an email. That's right. Alright, well, we have to take a second to thank our sponsors, FederationToy.com, Sitclan.net, our web host, simple-net.ca, our partners of course, Anakin and his angel.com, Nerf-Herder-Anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors. The fan fiction SW Redemption, which can be found at swredemption.com, furryconflict.com, Track Wars, the Furry Conflict Ultra Drama, Millennium Falcon, The Galactic Hunter, Keeping Collectors on Target as usual, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate Message Boards, available at starwarswithaz.com, and starwarsfanworks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio. All links are available in the partner section of our website. Let's just say, 
for the Revelation uh, review show. Yes. Just send us your your, uh, your, re, re, your, your review. review of the fan film, and we will read it on the air. If it's not the next show, it will be uh, on the 28th. So you can send send it right now, and we'll be collecting them and reading them online at the next show dedicated to Revelations. And the first people to send us their uh, review will receive something by mail. We'll win a prize. Absolutely. Ooh, a prize, you say? A prize, I say. A prize including stickers of Star Wars original trilogy. Oh, okay. But there's going to be something else we just haven't figured it out yet because I just thought I just thought it up. So. <laughs> oh, also, I'm going to be getting the alternate missions Revenge of the Sith. So we'll be able to talk about that briefly. Oh yeah. All right, and uh, for those of you who uh, have learned about the book Anticipation, uh, the real-life story of Star Wars Episode One, I started reading it, and uh, Jonathan did a great work writing that book. So we're going to be commenting it pretty soon. So feel free to pick it up if you want to follow if up it, on what I'm, that's a, what I'm it, saying. If it's not this month, it will be early July. Yeah. Basically. Or something. <laughs> so for all the crew here at Star Wars on Direct, this is Romite saying, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sure to visit www.swnzf.com for more information about upcoming shows. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community and the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Sir, if you're not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.